Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome on today's episode of Partially Excited. We've got Evelyn McAteer. McAleer. <laughs> oh, bummer, McAleer. <laughs> She is a spiritual life coach. She's uh, an amazing individual and a friend who we mutually know introduced me to to connect. And she does amazing stuff to bring your awesome self, your genius, out to play with the world. Hello, welcome to the show, Evelyn. How are you doing today? I am very good, Aaron O'Dade. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for having me today, Aaron. You're welcome. Tell us about... Growing up in uh, Dungavon, Northern Ireland. Up in the north of Ireland, well, I'm sure it was no different than the rest of Ireland, but maybe we had a, a couple of different events that took place over a good few years. Yeah, it was grand life as you know it, because that's all you come to know is what you know. And uh, yeah, we had the troubles here in the north, but it all became part of life, and you became accustomed to it and we didn't know any different. So life for us in the North is, I'm sure, pretty much like for everyone else, the same thing. Uh, going to school, going friends and family were a big thing. There wouldn't have been a big abundance of much growing up, but uh, definitely looking back, we definitely had plenty of love and laughter, regardless of what material possessions or money that anyone had in their lives. And they're the most important things, having the love and the family and the memories around Indeed us. Indeed they are. Indeed they are. Did you grow up in the city or the countryside? Country through and through. <laughs> there's a difference between the country and the townies. And then there's a big difference between the townies and the city one. So the city guys would think that the townies were cultures and the townies think <laughs> that the country ones are the cultures. So always country. 
I have, through university, I've lived up in Derry for a while. But I, again, you get used to what you get used to. I love looking out and seeing green and, uh, and, and not too built up of places. So, yeah, always country, Aaron. What do you like about the countryside? I love the space. I love that we're not on top of each other. There's advantages and disadvantages. I love that there's a huge sense of community and that can go either way because people will certainly know (laughs) most everything that you do in life because if someone stopped to ask uh, for directions, I've no doubt within probably a 15 mile radius somebody could direct you to that person's house, but they'd need to find out why you're going there and who you are. Yeah, the community, the GAA has always been a huge, big part of most parishes, you know, in the countryside. And yeah, I just love that. I love that we have so much on our doorstep for free. I love the forest parks and all on the rivers and the fields. I love all of that. Now, that doesn't say that I'm wearing a pair of wellies every day or have cows, because that is not the case at all. That's a difference. I was I was thinking that you Wellingtons, you know, pearl plink Wellingtons with cows. I was thinking that, but it sounds like no. No, 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 that would be a farmer. <laughs> I just live in the country and I'm not a farmer. <laughs> so what did your parents do at the time? Um, well, my mother would have been a carer. Um, she's passed away now, there's 20 odd years, but mum always loved caring for the elderly. We always had someone living with us. She would have been her aunt, a great aunt of hers, a grandfather. There was always someone living in our house as well. So mummy would have looked a lot after the old people going out and done home help and care work. My father would have been, um, at that stage, there's different jobs I suppose he was doing. And uh, But I think the one that I remember most, he would have delivered a lot of meat for one of the local uh, factories down there. So we would have, I always remember it was a Scania 142. <laughs> that we would have always got to sit up in the front seat and go all over the country delivering big slabs of meat. So that's what we grew up with. It's interesting how traveling around the country, seeing the countryside and delivering meat, you probably helped your, your dad do the job as well, right? Well, I suppose maybe it took us out of our mother's hair for a while. There was more peace if we were with him <laughs> than with poor mother. I think we had her distraught a lot of the time. Yeah, it was great. Isn't it? And I always think back to remember them things, thinking my dad drives a Scania One Four Two. You know, it would have no significance of what the lorries is that people are driving now. But thinking this is a great big thing, and you felt as a child so high, sitting up on the front seat of this big lorry and getting around just different parts of the country. Yeah, you feel like you're the king of the world at that age. You know, driving around the around the country, sitting on this tall truck. You know. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. And with your mom being a carer, is that kind of that kind of connect on you to be a carer as well, and kind of be that soft nature individual that you are? Uh, well, I definitely could not have done the work that my mother done. I, I definitely think that you have to be cut from that cloth. My sister, on the other hand, became a nurse, and the things that she would do, I couldn't do. But definitely what my mother did go through in life has had an influence on why I'm doing what I'm doing. You see, she would have suffered from depression and it kind of would have run in their family. But the thing is, once you're labelled with something, and at that time, the source of the remedy was give them tablets. 
but there was never no other option. I never heard tell of the word positivity. If you had a good day, you did. If you didn't, you didn't, you know. There was quite a lot of suicides within my own mother's family too. So I always am gratitude for that, Aaron, because I say to those ladies, those women before, thank you, because they had a harder journey than me. But there comes a time in all of our lives when we decide we're drawing the line in the sand. This is where the change happens. So certainly, yes, what my mother has went through, she went through a lot within her family, losing her mother at a young age and never knowing what it was to grow up with a mother and witnessing losing family members through suicide. So that definitely, yes, had a huge impact on why I do what I do, because I made the choice that I was going to raise my kids with positivity. And that is not to say that depression does not exist, but when we change the way we see things or feed our minds, that things can change for us. Interesting how that's part of the label that people have. And yet we have the choice to live how we want to live at the same time, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. That must have been an eye-opener for you to realise that, you know, at the time positivity wasn't mentioned the way it is, but now it is, has this label of if you're good or bad, you know, if you're positive or negative now, you know? Well, do you know when you look back, manifestation, because it's something that I would talk about anyway, because we're always creating, we're always manifesting, but mm. at that time, I suppose, when people had little in their lives, and and because, I suppose, of the troubles and that was going on, you see, there would be a huge collective energy of fear that was taking place anyway, and I'm quite sure quite a lot of people had depression, but then when everybody feeds into that, because I would have remembered her having conversations on the phone with her nieces or family members, and she maybe had depression the other one had depression and then we all feed into that energy so then it becomes our reality so when I'm able to look back on those things in life of course manifestation of course energy always has existed but it can exist on either end whatever we make the choice for it to do but I had to witness that and learn that and experience that and come through not so great times myself in order to say right okay let's try it the other way about it. That must have been hard living in that environment with, with all that energy and living in a depression energy not energy but that that environment in some way you know well it wasn't really because as i say you just know what you just know but my it's not to say that my mother was i often questioned how is my mother depressed because people would have stayed for hours in her house for the crack for the because she had the best sense of humor she's the best crack and i often questioned that where is i've never i've never seen her dying or anything like that but once you have something on your medical record, once they believe it runs in your family, you're always going to be treated like that. And Aaron, I want to point this out too, that um, my mother passed away at the age of 45. And because she had depression on her medical records, the symptoms that she was showing, they also treated that for depression. But she had a brain tumour, you see? So whenever her mood wasn't great, where she couldn't get out of bed, where she was forgetful, where she was doing things that she shouldn't have been doing, they, on that record was depression. So that's what, it, and, and that it runs in the family. But it was a brain tumour she had all, all the time. So within three weeks of being diagnosed with that, that was her time to pass on. And you know what? She always said at the end that I, um, she never said that he's never heard me he's never listened to me she says I am so glad for this that to finally figure out what this is I'm so glad and I'm glad that it's me and not any of you so you never know how long that tumour may have been there or what effects that it was causing all along but that's where I'm mindful um, of different things that <laughs> 
but I'll go completely against the system and say I'll never have that road to my medical records, you know, um, to know that I can change the thought or change my mind or do something rather than start to take tablets or have that. But I, listen, I'm not saying for people to stop medication that people are on because it is required in some cases, but I just know for me what I feel is best. Yeah, and you can only do what feels best for you. Another individual could be in different circumstances, different environment, etc. And that's, you know, you... Completely. Yeah, and everything that you've experienced with your own mom has kind of brought you to this point of this is how I want to live because of that experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love all the great things. I love the banter, I love the wit. And a lot of people say, you know, the same sense of humor as my mother. So we've all taken something from it. Um, or you could choose to remain in the victim mode and go poor me. And this runs in our family. And sure, I'm no different. We get the choices and we have the free will to, to make those changes. Yes. You went to university what did you go study? <laughs> I went to do accountancy. Now, Aaron, did I want to really do it? No. Had I a clue what I wanted to do? No. Um, I came out of secondary school. I had three GCSEs and I remember at the time thinking, right, I have a choice. And I remember thinking these choices. I actually got offered a job washing hair. I thought this would be great to start getting money. Or there was a sewing factory. Now, I had no hands on me for sewing. But for some reason, I had the wit to say, just go back to school and repeat your exams because you really don't know what you want to do. So I I think when somebody tells me I can't do something, I'll just say, right, okay, watch me. (laughs) Because a careers officer one day says, what would you like to do? And the only subject I kind of liked was accounts. Now, ideally, I would have loved to have been a choreographer and dance, but it's turned out I did end end up dancing, but it wouldn't have been something that was on the um, horizon or in any universities around here at the time you'd have had to travel away to England and I was a kind of a home board so I decided to do accounts the careers officer did laugh at me she says you'll need more exams than that to do. <laughs> so I think it was like well you just watch me then <laughs> so yeah I done accountancy and business studies when I was going uh, through the technical college and university and it stood to me because it's helped me with my own business and for other people's businesses that I've worked within as well ah she became the number girl <laughs> sometimes great and sometimes not so great I remember when I got married oh my word I had a ledger and I had every single penny calculated out what was going in going out down to the end of the month what we had to live on and now mind you that was grim <laughs> sometimes it's good to know sometimes oh you're like oh dear lord <laughs> Do you think if you went off and became a, a dancer instead of an accountant, would you still end up where you are at the moment? Well, I did end up dancing. i done it all. I'd done the accountancy work. I did become a dancer and I did end up where I met. <laughs> so I've, I I did start a business up doing dance and I always went around primary schools, taught um, dance to kids. I run my own classes. I had my own studio or I'm taking couples in here and doing a lot of dancing with. So I did do it all, Aaron. Wow, and was it ballet or tango or waltz? What kind of dance were you teaching? Well, I do like a wee bit of Latin, but we have, in the country here, we have jive. Now, see, the city ones don't jive as much, but it's a huge, big thing uh, is jive. And it's quite a social dance as well. So I taught jive. 
And yeah, we do a wee bit of Latin stuff as well. And I became a Zumba instructor. So at least when you were doing Zumba, it was a form of exercise and Latin mixed in and you didn't require a partner because finding a partner in the countryside to get their hips moving to do a bit of salsa that can be a difficult task. So <laughs> it's best to do it on your own. Getting an Irish man to get them hips going, it, it, it's a tough task. <laughs> And I know I can manifest, but... <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, but what is Gaive? You know, I've never heard of it until you dive. Yeah. Jive, J, Jive. It's, it's a partner dance. It's country music. It's done to their American country, Irish country. Do you know what country music is? Yes, I do, yes. Okay, so it's a dance that couples do for that. And, you know, it's where the man goes to the woman and says, would you like to dance? And she'll get up and dance. Oh, sometimes the woman will go to the man and ask the same question. So it's a, a very social aspect. And it's a great way of people to interact, people to get to know each other, couples to meet up, rather than going out to a nightclub or a bar, and especially when you get to a certain age. How do you meet people? You know, if you're out with your bunch of friends and there's nobody dancing or you just freestyle it so it's a good way for people to get to know and have exercise as well yeah and then then the Zumba is just a combination of everything Zumba is more for the women um, except when I went to primary schools I always loved getting the, the the young boys at primary age because they have no inhibitions once they get to secondary school completely different ball game altogether and it wasn't so much about showing them here's how you dance it was for them to ha- gain confidence and I would have interacted with games or dance-offs or walk-offs with each other and they loved that because they got to create they got to make up their own moves and it was, they felt a wee bit of competition between the other team and so that's what it was all about more so than the actual dance because I knew once the boys would get to secondary school I've uh, gone into secondary schools and it's, it's quite difficult as well because some boys want to dance and the other boys would be like Jesus look at your man there and some boys are into sports and some boys aren't so yeah primary school age, age is a great age to get them moving at. I wonder is it because the confidence of you know when you're primary school you just want to live and be creative and just jump in the full steps and then when you enter secondary school you kind of you should be a little bit more shy a little bit more reducing the confidence what do you think well it, they always say at the age of seven you know you're that divine spirit which I absolutely believe around children that the closest thing to that God divine energy the energy of that is within them but by the age of seven that's when the adults that's when the outside world start conditioning the young mind that boy should be doing this you should be doing this da, 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 da. so now we're starting to feed into other people's beliefs and what and we start worrying about what other people might think about us we start feeling the embarrassment so and we want to be liked so therefore you know we'll do things that we feel that we're going to fit in to associate to be in with the crowd of people but what I used to do when I was at primary schools if I would have saw mostly a group of boys and you always had a leader you always had a leader and whatever he ever he done the rest of the young lads followed suit so they didn't want to step out of place you know until the leader said yeah it's okay so I would have pinpointed the leader and give him a very special job. I would have called him up and said, be the teacher with me today. You can help me teach the class. So now he felt important and he was dancing. So therefore, when he was dancing, it was all right for the rest of them to dance. So rather than punishing them and saying, sit down, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. I thought, no, I'll make them feel more important than what they feel themselves. I think that's a common thread of of 
all humanity is feeling important, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, people want to be liked by other people. It's the rejection sometimes that they we can't deal with. But it's all about growing into that remembrance and knowing who and what I am myself. Yeah. So Evelyn, you went and studied accountancy. Where did the spiritual life coaching come across? Well, it was, I think it, I've always felt like a calling of something. I've always felt a connection to something more, but I didn't know what that more was. The only more that I knew was what I was taught, what I was told. And that was God, a man that was outside of me that I prayed to for favours and felt bad and told my sins to. So that's all that I knew of. But I always knew there had to be something more. There must be something more. And I think then through from my dance, and even though it brought me so much joy and I saw the joy that it brought others, I knew there was still something more for me to do. And I think we all sometimes feel that within ourselves. There's more. And it's not about greed, but there's more for me to do here. So this word life coach kept popping up. I did not know what it was, but I had felt something. It was it, There was a feeling about it. So I followed that and reached out to a few people, just looked up on the internet about Life Coach, who does it? And I emailed a lady, and that was the start of my journey. A lady from Cork that lives out in Lanzarote that trained me to become a life coach. And that took a good while <laughs> to do that. I thought I was never, ever going to finish it. But where the spirituality came for me was when I was able to detach from my head that what is the next question? What's the next question I need to ask them? What's the next question I need to ask them? And when you think and think, you start thinking, you're not present. Instead of thinking, then I started to feel and connect into the presence of that person because then it's all one energy. And that feeling, again, it's just a word. Spirituality is just a word. But for me, that's what felt right because I absolutely believe that that's what we are. We are divine spirits, whether people choose to call it energy, it doesn't matter. The words are made be different but something will feel what it is to them so spirituality was the right feeling for me if that makes sense (laughs) it does make sense and you've mentioned that you were up in a catholic environment and did it take a long time to adjust because of you know the skepticism or this won't work or that won't work etc I, as I wrote in um, one of my books, sir, that I went in search for God. <laughs> I went in search for this God. There must be more than this God that I'm told about because there's not many different religions. I, I, I'll go find him. Him, you know, that was in, in my head. So, yeah, the hunt was on because I was in a not-so-great place in my own life and with my own marriage. I was very, very unhappy within myself, even though that I had many material possessions, even though many would look in on my life and say, Evelyn, you're so lucky. But I was feeling a a deep-seated unhappiness within myself and Aaron more so a fear that I would repeat the patterns of a lot of my family members had done. That was a fear because I wanted to live and I felt in order to live, I need to find God. I need to I need to shift out of this. I need to shift this unhappiness. I need to, this constant, dull, this false face that I was putting on for people that I needed something bigger than me to help me through this. So the fear of skepticism, well, a lot of it was done in secret. <laughs> when I finally came out, of course, the fear of what will my family think about me? All of them things that would hold you back because what I started to speak about was energy, was that that was within us, was about manifesting, was attracting things that we wanted to or wished for into our lives. And I was tiptoeing around it. 
you know, I'll go gently with this and not just go ram stam into it and say, by the way, God is within us all <laughs> because I'll be tarred and feathered or something like that. But yes, I the day that I stepped into the truth of what I believe is the day that I let go of fear. The day, and that's not to say that fear is completely gone because if fear was gone, then I would have very little growth in my life. So yeah, when I just started to breathe and trust and to know that that is the presence within me because it feels right. It felt, you know, and it wasn't a force of nothing. It feels, and you get that feeling and you know this feels right. And everybody's truth is their own truth. And I know when fear sets in or worry or panic about what others, and yes, I do be concerned, but they have come to accept it. I think nothing, whatever I do or say now, would surprise any of them. And look, it is something difficult for your family to accept that you're doing something different than what maybe other people's daughters or sisters are doing. But I think that they have come to notice that myself because I've published a, a couple of books and put them out there now and they see me quite a lot on social media. So I think they've just accepted it as far as I know. <laughs> you, in having fear of people around who you are and when you came out to say, this is who I am, that probably felt liberating to say, this is who I am. This is my true essence and I'm happy to show everyone. Yeah, well, I had to admit that to myself, first of all. I've had a lot of two-way conversations going on there. <laughs> I'm quite sure, everybody, you are not insane. If you ask the clear question to yourself, then you have the mumbo-jumbo part of yourself answering it. I'd be like, Evelyn, what do you need to do today? And then you have this other part. It's like, oh, dear God, I'm going to have to do <laughs> You can coach yourself the very, very best. That's it. When I started tiptoeing around, it was it was a fear. What will others think of you and I suppose I needed probably approval of others or if I met people out what are you doing now Evelyn what are you doing with yourself now you see it came when I used to say what it was and dancing you would have got really um well as long as you're happy you know (laughs) not a genuine one but because it wasn't a nine to five it wasn't a nine to five, it wasn't the norm, it wasn't your accounts that you were doing. If I had been working in an accountancy office, totally acceptable. Even though I may have been stressed and hated what I'd done, totally acceptable because this is the norm. But when I started dancing, that was it. Do you make much money at that? As long as you're happy. Because they didn't see that. But then I got very much acceptance, so that was fine. But now came in the coaching part, the spiritual coach. <laughs> So when people, it was easy to talk about the dance and I thought now we'll have to start talking about this other thing. So um, I just say that it's about positivity. I've wrote a few books and I feel then if the person wants to know more, they'll ask more. But I'm not for, oh, this is what I do. It's interesting how when people say, you know, what do you do? I do this and like, oh, oh, okay. Or when you do say something odds like, I don't know what to say here. And I and I think that's we're trying to seek approval from others, say, yeah, that's great. He's doing A, B, and C, and he, he's fair juice to him. And But yet inside we could be burning and not going right and, you know, the complete opposite. I think it's the same expressions on people's faces whenever um, you say to them, now if I say I'm an author, again, all titles, people see that so different. Oh, my gosh. 
they would see that so different than I dance. She's an author. You know, that's something worth telling. <laughs> so they're only titles. There's something that I just have enjoyed doing and putting out. And whatever we choose to do, I believe, first all, that it's never about me. It must be, first and foremost, our joy. And to bring joy then to others, whatever we choose to do. And I definitely wouldn't have been that same person if I'd have been doing accountancy. It, it's fascinating how we have titles, but yes, when we're in our joy and our happiness, those titles don't exist. Not at all. Not at all. And I, I think I think as, as humans, we're striving to have, you know, the, the title to say, I'm the best. And yes, you are the best at the same time. And that's the mask that we're wearing, you know? Totally. I am that I am. The power of I am. And that's why I always say to people to be mindful of what you follow your I am with, for that will become your truth. So when we affirm that I am no good, that I am fat, that I am stupid, that I am ugly, that I am ridiculous, that shall become your truth. So affirm that the truth of yourself, you know, that I am love, that I am light, that I am, I, I am made in perfection. And that is without ego, because we all are. I'm no different than anyone else. It's just what we choose to believe to be true about ourselves. And actually, those things that people, that is not the truth that they're telling themselves, that lie quite a lot, we lie quite a lot to ourselves, those beliefs were never yours. You were not born of them, because as we said earlier, up until the age of about seven, you are everything. I'm a pilot, I'm an astronaut, I'm a princess. You were abundant with everything until then someone started nipping in your ear and still we started watching TV programs and comparing ourselves to other until your mother said something one day that's had a huge impact on you until the teacher said something. Until so, so somebody said something that fed that belief and it became yours. So be mindful what you follow your I am with because that will become your truth. It's interesting how beliefs is, our belief system is a program that we have inside us. And it's, I'm fascinated how at the age of seven, you'd think it'd be later, but it seems seven is the magic number because every seven years we change an element of our life, you know? Oh, definitely, Aaron. You know, I'm not the girl that I was at 16. You know, I'm not the woman that I was at 21. I'm not the woman, you know, at 30. We, we just keep evolving and changing. I think it's different all through life. We're not that same person. So to ask someone even at 16, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? My boys don't even know what they want for dinner. I'd ask them what. <laughs> so we choose a career. We pick something. And yes, a lot of people have been blessed because they have stuck to their imagination and their ideas. This is what I want to do. Instead of, oh, I'm about to do it because mommy said it would be good or... You know, Daddy thinks that in the family business, I would need to do this to keep them happy. All different aspects, all through life. You're not the same boy as you were, you know, when you were five or and going through teenage years. I think we come back to remembrance. I believe we come back to remembrance that which, which we are. But I think we have to go through a, a lot of experiences and some of them not so pleasant to remember. Right, let's draw the line in the sand here now and uh, get back to the truth of who I am. 
I like that saying, draw the, the line in the sand and say who we are. I think that's amazing. Well, you have the sand behind you now, Aaron, because I can see it. <laughs> but it, it, is, it is so true. If you think about it, like we have the choice to, you know, continue walking in the sand or draw the line and say I have enough, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And thank you for them experiences. Thank you so much because it makes us who we are. So you started studying this spiritual life coaching and you finished your qualification in Andalusia. Where did you go after that? Um, where did I go after that? Isn't it amazing when I look back when memories pop up on social media, you think, holy smokes, is that all the length of time ago that was? And it seems that I have done a heck of a lot between then and now. Things that I never had that were never had no plans to do, Aaron. So from that, yeah, I started working with people, uh, coaching people and mentoring people. And I was very much into about law of attraction because I really believed, see, that was the feeling that I had that, that we are the power, we are the energy, we are what's putting out what's coming into our life. And once we accept that, and yes, it's a daily battle sometimes to keep remembering that, that we are responsible for everything that's taking place in our lives. So I was working with people and coaching people and the manifest was happening, getting a clear idea of what it is you want to do and allowing, we have to step back and allow sometimes the universe to just answer us, but we must take action as well. So I have a lot of stories from people and then I had a mentor myself and he said, Evelyn, you should write a book, which I did do. So I wrote a book uh, on, uh, say, it's real people, real stories manifest in a life of joy. And that's what I included in that. A book that will, it would relate to people. Say, ah, oh, that's just an ordinary man's story down the road. Look at how that changed. Rather than something that we would read about in America or see some big story. Um, but it's relatable. And they're all Irish people anyway in that book. But uh, yeah, well, if that person can do it, well, I'm going to make an effort to do this myself. So I ended up writing two books. And as I say, it was never on my to-do list and um, typing up my third book here at the minute. So that's a kind of where life has led me. Um, I started, I, I'd done retreats. I've organized the retreat out there. We've done one in the Canary Islands two years ago, I think it was. And I was away in Italy there looking at another place that hopefully we'll get one done out there next year. So I just allow things to happen. I never have no big, huge plans, Aaron. And I trust, I absolutely trust that I am guided to whatever is to unfold and to come my way uh, and just to go with that. In trusting and letting it guide you wherever and what direction it goes, that's scary on one hand and yet you trust it and it brings some amazing magic on the way as well. All magic. It's all magic regardless of if it doesn't feel great. You'd say, now Evelyn, how did you manifest that one? But there's always a blessing in it. There's always a reason in it too. Now, does that mean to sit on the seat and just wait for it all to land in your lap? It means sometimes stepping into the unknown, stepping into the fear and doing that there because we have to step through that. It's, it's the actual unknown that scares you. But once you take action and do something and you have no fear around being rejected because if this is to work, if this is what's for me, of course it's going to work. If this is not what I'm meant to be doing, 
then it won't happen. So I don't fear rejection or judgment or I'm not good enough or people don't want to do this. That's all right. It wasn't meant to be. So I'll allow it to be, okay, but something else will come along. So there's nothing really to fear. Yeah. And when we don't, when we don't fear, it happens. And what kind of got you into the law of attraction? Again, something that just was pulling at me. I, I suppose like a lot of people, I read The Secret. And I've read other many different things and you just get that feeling, yes. It wasn't ego. It was nothing like that. Oh, let's try this. Let's start getting money. Let's start getting all this. Because I had it all, Aaron. I had the big house. I had this. I had that. And sure, was I happy? No. So I wanted to figure out back to... I have realized that once that the kingdom of that God, the heaven is within us, that when we are at that place of peace within us, we have everything. And certainly, yes, we can attract whatever experiences we wish to into our life because it's going to pass anyway. We never be under the illusion that it's going to make me any more happier. Yes, it will bring us a quick fix of joy and exhilaration for a short space of time, and then that passes. But I was just drew to this to think the magic. We are doing this. We are creating this. And putting wee bits of pieces all together, reading it into the quantum physics end, following a few people, scientists and that, and going, ah, they're saying the exact same message as perhaps some religious crowd. They're saying, everybody's saying the same message. The only difference is, is the words. It's the words. They might be calling something the quantum field. This person might be calling it universe. This person might be calling it God. It's all different names, but it's the one thing, which is a big ball of love and divine and perfection energy, whatever people choose to call it. So we are part of that. We are part of that. We're not the whole thing because it takes us all to make it all up, but we're part of that. So whatever I throw back, I throw out, it'll stick, and that's what comes back. So yeah, I just thought, if I can deliver this to people, to let people know this is what you are. This is what you are, because I was never told it growing up. <laughs> I thought, I just love to tell people this. Tell people what they are, who they are, the truth of who they are. And yes, of course, you're here to experience this life. But if you want change, you are the magic, you are the power. You can do this. I, I think the, the, it's great to be in the love of the pot of love in the sense that we all here are in energy and love. And yet we, it all comes from us. What we magnetically create happens for us. Without a doubt. And I'll give you an example of something that took place in my own home yesterday. Now, I have three children. My eldest is, she's coming 22 now. And then I have two boys. 19 and 16 year old but uh, and, and they care they know about this manifest and sometimes the boys I don't want to hear because they don't want to hear if stuff's not going well for them um, they don't want to hear if if things aren't going well but one, my 19 year old yesterday when he started his morning someone made him angry 
and I asked them, I says, for your sake, it would be beneficial for you if you could release that anger. But they made me angry. I says, I understand that. That's what you feel. I says, but for your sake, let it go. But no, we couldn't let it go. And he was talking about somebody else. He says, no, well, he doesn't deserve it. And would maybe sent a, a not so pleasant message to his younger brother too. But that's his mood. There was something that he was hoping that it would arrive or yesterday he made the phone call and he wasn't getting it. Again, it was the other person's fault. He was in a bad mood about that. And to top it all off then, what he done was, when he was out in the car that, that night then, didn't he crash into his grandfather's wall? And he came home covered in oil. <laughs> so he said, the day that I have had, and I says, I know, I know. I said, can you see now, because of how your morning started, because of we gave our power away, because of that bad mood, the day continued, 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 continued. So it works the other way because I know they've experienced it the other way as well. But for some reason, when you're in that low, dense energy of anger, of hate, the last thing you want to do is start feeling joy. <laughs> When people say power, I think power is, you know, muscles and ex- being explosive, but yet power is energy as well. In your opinion, what is power? It is that which we are. It is the power to control our thoughts, our actions, our words. It is that that is within. And I feel that, that surge, that surge of energy, the truth of the I am, if that makes any sense to you. It's a feeling. Now, power is a feeling. I don't see it as muscle or anything. Yes, I see that as an exterior, but the power within. And the power within is probably the guru or genius that lies within. With us all. With us all. But again, true conditioning. We, you could be at, it's all right for you. My story is different. But I, only if I could, I wish I could. And that's the choice, that's the free will that people get. And either way, you're going to manifest. Either way, either way. And imagine if we just said, okay, maybe I will change my thoughts. Maybe I will start bringing in different actions. Maybe I will start doing something different. Because we don't believe that our lives can change. We've been conditioned for so long. We don't believe it's going to be any different. Wow. What is manifesting? Manifesting is just to bring in what we believe the reality is it's facing us and what we put any intention to our words our collective energy to it will appear it will create to become what we see as our reality now your reality today what you're facing today and what i'm facing today has been created from past thoughts events actions and what happens is with the illusion when people get up and feel crap today or look out and it might be raining and nothing's going to change for them but we take the action now regardless of what's facing us so remember that anything that is facing us today we have created from past thoughts events everything has become our reality today because we have created it so in order for that to change regardless of what your reality is showing you now is to flip that thought. Now is to find the gratitude in what you have. And now is to start saying, this is what I choose to experience in my life and put that out. And that's how we start to create and change the future for ourselves. Because 
nothing really exists. The past is an existence and the future is an existence. All that we have at any given minute is now, just this now. That's all I have is here and now. And I can either choose, and that's the truth, what we choose to tell ourselves. How am I feeling now? And all I have to do is find gratitude. And I have to say, I'm thankful. I am thankful that I have to acknowledge it. I am thankful that I finally get to speak with you, Aaron. I am thankful that perhaps something that I may deliver today may help someone else. I have no fear. And I have nothing because if I went into my past, that's sometimes with the fear. If I go into my future, that will be the anxiety. If I start thinking, oh my God, who's going to listen to the show? Uh, who or did I say something that I shouldn't have said there? Now I start going into panic and worry because I've removed myself from the present. When we are still, and you will know, as they say, be still and know that I am safe. Tell yourself the truth. Regardless if you're fearing about money, ask yourself the question now, do I have food? Do I have water? Am I breathing? And the answer probably would be yes. Yes, yes, regardless of the quantity. You say thank you. And we, because if we start going into lack, I have very little in the cupboard. I'm fearing for the future. I have very little money in my bank. There's going to be less in the future. We're going to create that. Wow. It shows that, you know, fear is a disability. It stops us in our tracks. It's that part of, when we say the, the, the ego part, I think ego just, see, we become heavily reliant on our senses. And some people aren't don't aren't don't have all the full senses, you know. So we become as humans very heavily reliant. So therefore, Aaron, and I know, and this is where the blessings. I'm quite sure with sight that you become more in tune with feeling, with touch, with smell, with hearing. That becomes very very familiar. Our eyes can falsely misguide us or mislead us into believing what is the truth and we disconnect and detach from feeling we can watch so much negativity so many things happening around us and feed our subconscious with what is what people say this is happening this is taking place and the more that we feed ourselves with that there the more it becomes our reality and our truth for us so yeah i think it's um it's about that feeling of and a remembrance and I know for people that they know there's something more there has to be something more and yes people have been turned off that word God by events that have taken place by people that have spoke the word of God and done the most horrendous deeds and acts in the name of God but remember that God is not that man in the clouds he is not standing above going I'm going to judge you you're right, you're wrong. I am, you're going to heaven and you're going to hell. That's not that. That was conditioned into us for control and for fear. Be good or you're going to go to hell. Tell your sins because you're a sinner. And the part where we had said was, I am not worthy. I am not deserving to receive you. Of course, we're the most worthiest. Why not? Because it is to receive me. I am within. So it's what we have been fed to believe. And regardless if people knew or didn't know, I don't know. I'm not going to start pointing fingers and say it was control. Mind you, I think if we, it, it, a lot of things were designed for control of people, to have people in fear and to behave in a certain way. And things still happen like that nowadays. But regardless if we rebel against that or point the finger and say that you are wrong, we're still then going to vibrate in the same energy as that where the ego will take hold of us. 
we're justifying, we're in judge of someone else for their actions. This is the time when people get the choice. Now I draw the line in the sand, now I make the change. And I choose to deliver to people what the truth I believe, and what a lot of people do, the truth of what we really are. Without blaming anybody, you didn't tell us, you told me this and this is wrong and that. You know, I'm glad of those things too, because that that is within us is stronger to know the pulses back to that to remember what you are. You you had mentioned that how you got into spirituality was you you had a feeling that there was something more. Uh-huh. Now, so many years later, have you found that home of where you feel the wholeness of, of you are? Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> what I can't say now is that I love it. I love it. And but Aaron, it's we still need to work at it we still need to work at it it's not because the day that you feel you know everything or you've got it mastered that's the day you've lost it I still need to to make time to step away from stuff that isn't serving me or if we get too ground down with work we need to step back sometimes and take that space and time for ourselves now whether that might be going out for a walk whether it is in meditation some people don't get meditation that's all right but whether it should be standing over a uh, a gate looking out at the sheep or you know that's what i used to see our boys in the country and i just how tranquil and mellow the world just stand there gazing out you see in stillness that's what that energy is always about and wherever you find that peace in with you well, you can look at something and just say, isn't it perfect? When you can look at a child and say, aren't they just perfect? See, that is that connection. And to remember that. Um, so, yeah, it's always been there. And I think this is where we chase, what is my purpose? What am I doing? I, I There's always that known because if that's what we are all, if that's what we have come from, it's there. It's still there. And we just want to get back to that remembrance, that place of peace and see life differently now. Now I see life differently. Yes, I have my human experiences and they're wonderful. And I choose joyous, loving, wonderful experiences, the most amazing people. And I always say they come to me at an affordable price. I never base on anything on money because people will choose. If I had money, I would go on holidays. If I had money, I would write a book. If I had money, if I had money, if I, you know, a lot, quite a lot of it's based on money. And if I had money, I'd be safe. And this is what people think. <laughs> But strangely enough, there's men's with men, millions of pounds and there might be a man or a woman sitting with a fiver and they still have the same fears and worries. Regardless of what they have, you just get used to what you have and your lifestyle changes accordingly and you buy more or else you buy less. So it's about that I am here of this divine spirit. I have free will. There is no judgment. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and start murdering people because I know that's not what feels right for me. But there is no judgment. I'm here to experience. It's like send your children out to play. On you go. Away you go. Enjoy yourself. And do what makes you happy. Um, and I get to experience this life. And yes, of course, there's going to be many, many things that will come along my way, which there has been a hell of a lot of things. But how do I choose to see this? And how do I choose to make decisions for my highest good and the good of others? And just live your life that way. I think it's wonderful. When I step away from that, it feels, it's hard. It feels hard. I, I feel lost. I feel disconnected. 
when I feel, when I sit in my meditation and my heart is connected and I just feel that love and it's just everything. And it's a feeling of I am yours. I have always been yours. I am here. I am ready. I am open. Guide me wherever I am to go, whomever I am to meet and let it be so. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I lived in Ta- my family lived in Taiwan and we kind of discovered Buddhism and meditation. My dad was really into meditation at the time. And he said, you need meditation. And I was at the age of 14. I thought, you know, meditation just like, woohoo, you know, la la. And uh, probably six or seven years later after that experience, I discovered meditation. And I think it's such an amazing tool that we should all have, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everybody will meditate in different ways. You know, people have to sit and breathe this way. I have to sit this way. I have to do that. You feel what's right for you. Feel what's right for you. I mean, I sit. I love doing mine when I'm in my bed at nighttime in the dark with a wee bit of music. I always connect through music. I always feel music for me is a, a great connection. Um, and uh, yeah, so everybody will do it their own way. You don't have to do it the way that people say. Feel it right for you. And it can be a challenge when you first begin it because, of course, we're not used to sitting still. You feel guilty about sitting still. <laughs> Why are you sitting down? You should be doing something. And then all the thoughts start coming into the head. Tick, 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 tick. Oh, I can't do this bloody meditation. Or we have an expectation that we should receive or this should happen to us when we do it. Just let it be. And a good way to start it all off, if you find it difficult yourself, is that... Um, and we get meditation. Someone will help you through it yourself. But then you see, when we're being guided, of course, when the, the, the voice is going into our ears, that keeps our mind distracted. And I think sometimes once your mind's busy working and your senses of your hearing's busy connecting with that all, it can be difficult to connect to your heart space. But at least it's a good way to start training the subconscious that it may start functioning on its own or you will feel something for it. But you'll always find your own way. You'll find it. And look, you might find it just sitting painting. You might find it going out fishing. Wherever you find it, your connection with your God, within and without, that's your place. I think that we are all gods, but yes, in a human form. And we eventually come back to that feeling of I am divine. And I think that's what our journey is in this planet. Yeah. Yeah, and imagine going about and saying somebody, by the way, I am God. <laughs> Get the way. <laughs> Move. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, it's the word. It's the word. It's the feeling that it can resonate in people. A good friend of mine, he he's very much logical, linear, practical way of, of um, thinking about things, but very much about gratitude about giving gratitude about his joy lives his joy does his joy loves life a very very happy person but I remember at the start when I used to say the word God he would say Evelyn do not mention that word to me because his recollection of it was the nuns forcing God dying and God does this and God does and punishes this and that so he'd say no don't even mention that word because that's what it felt like to him. So I'd say then, when you do your gratitude, then where do you feed your gratitude to? Where does it go? This grat- this energy that you omit, where does it go to? And he says, well, the universe. Okay, and I said, all right, well, then I'll use the word universe instead then because that's where people will feel comfortable. Um, 
as we discussed stuff, I said, do you know you're never alone? You are never alone. You are always walked with. Well, one night he says he was in the bath and he was lying. He says, my eyes closed. And he says, I leapt out of the bath. And he says, I am going to kill that everyone. Because he says, as clear as day I heard in my head, this like a voice that came and says, you're never alone. And he says, I was like, oh, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. And recently then he would say, one time he said to me, um, tell me this, is this side of the Bible? Forgive them for they know not what they do. Well, I started to laugh and I says, of course, yes, it is. I said, but we don't have to go all biblical on any of these things, nor is it a church teaching. He says, what is happening to me? <laughs> but they're just messages. They're just messages, you know. <laughs> It, it's like our post, you know, we get posts to say bills and all that. The same, the same with the energy, it's the same, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm beginning to pay that our bills with love. <laughs> our post is our, spiritu- or is our spiritual mail, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You, you talked about that, that inner voice. Do you get those uh, uh through your ear a lot? Yeah, I, do you know where I feel it, Aaron? And I hear it, but I, 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 I hear it in my heart. I hear it in my, and I will allow now whatever's to come in. And I'd question it, perhaps. I have heard many things, and where we question it is because we think, did I, did, was that my own thought? Because that sounded very much like me. <laughs> if we're waiting on a man's voice to come in, hello, Evelyn, this is what you're to do. It's not going to be anybody else's voice, only my own one. And it's not even a voice. Did I just say that? Did I just tell myself that? Or what was that? So we don't trust in ourselves. So I allow it to come in because whatever is to come in is normally what you would not even say yourself. And different things that I have, when I became open to receiving um, was actually not so long ago, Aaron, when I was getting ready to go to bed and I was washing my face and that, I, when I say I heard and I felt, it's time. It's time. And I says, it's time for what? It's time. And I was like, okay. So I'm like, so you're not really, it's time for what? And I'm thinking, is it my time to move on from here now? Now I thought to myself, well, if it is, it is. But I, I, I was quite sheepishly going to bed that night. But what I did do was my son was in the bedroom and opened the door up. And I says, I might not say this that often to you, but I want to tell you I'm very proud of you. And I love you very much. Because I thought, if this is my time. And I get into bed. And I remember thinking everything's okay. Everything's perfect. My children are perfect. They're fine. I know my children will all be all right. And I done a bit of meditation. I says, "Okay, I really hope that I do open my eyes in this bed in the morning. But if I'm not, well, I'll go where I'm needed." So I says, "Okay, good night, good night," and I lay down and folds the quilt over. But of course, I woke up the next morning in the room. So that it's time. It's time. I do believe for the change. It's time now for moving on. It's time now to step more out of yourself. And when I told my daughter the story, the story, she says, well, did you at least get into the bed with your clothes on you? 
And Kia said, what was your time? <laughs> I said, she says, maybe it was time that you were to put, because all my, I needed to change all the bulbs in my room. She says, maybe it was time that you put in new light bulbs or something. <laughs> so we tried to find the humour in it. But yes, before actually, I done a, a wee video here the other day and I sat in meditation and I felt a, a wee bit of a shake in my hand. And I said, okay, am I to write something down now? So I listened. And so the words that came was to write the words of wisdom. And I asked them the question, what are the words of wisdom? And the reply was the song from your heart. And I said, is everyone's song the same? It is what they choose to make it. And how will people know if this is the right choice for them? They will know. So... It is what they choose to make it, absolutely. Whatever we choose to make our reality, that is our choice and we shall make it so. You know, it's interesting how we choose to live how we choose, you know, energetically we choose the way our moods are, how our day is going to go. You know, we choose the components of the family, the partners, everyone that we integrate, have relationships with. It's interesting how everything we do is choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we think I, I didn't have a choice. We had no choice. And I suppose there is a stage in the life where I think I had no I had no choice. I felt that I was against a rock and a hard place and I made the best decision that I could at any given time. But we get a choice when we waken up in the morning, when I open my eyes in the morning, what I choose to watch, what I choose to listen to, who I choose to speak to, I get that choice. Nobody else is making me do that. Nobody else is saying to me, Evelyn, sit down and watch the news. Um, Evelyn, get on to social media there and give off about your work being taken away from you. Uh, you nobody's making me do them. I make that choice. And any anything, I get to choose... If some of my boys or children do something, I get the choice. Am I going to stand there and just go completely ballistic and tell them, you should have done this, you should have done that, you're this, you're that, you're the one? I get that choice. But a lot of that has been conditioned into us through the past, through our years, that um, do I behave? Do I, do I feel I have no choice because my mother acted like this, because my father acted like this, because I was told that... That's when you have no. Well, that's when you permit, and you give away that power that you have, and you believe you have no choice. We all get choices. From an accountant to a, a spiritual life coach, you probably now see people's lives blossom, and that's your abundance giving them the opportunity to have that choice to be who they want to be. Oh, it's amazing! I love it. I love it. I love it. And that's it. My heart. I have cried many a time. My heart. I have filled with burst just to see people. And I say, I call them miracles. And none of it was ever to do about money. None of it. It's that you see a completely transition of a person, a different, that different being, that person that thought that they weren't deserving of love in their life, that person that something really bad, and I mean bad stuff has happened to people as children, to see them know that I am not that child to see that life can change that I can do whatever I wish to do to see 
wonderful friends come into their life, to see confidence coming back on them, just, just so many wonderful things. I love it. I love seeing that. I love that people believe that I, that they are good enough. I love seeing that, that people believe, you know what, I can love myself. I know I am good enough. Of course I am. Yeah, and being good enough is having wholeness at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I think that most people that I have worked with or coached, no matter what their background or situation or anything or why they choose for mentoring or coaching, once we always got down to the crux of it, they weren't enough. Every single person wasn't enough. You know, no matter what they had materialistic wise, there was some part was missing that they felt in their life. And then they maybe overstrived, overachieved in other areas to make up for it. And they felt they were never enough. So I try, that's why I always try to help people remember to come back to that truth of what they truly are. And you are everything. You are life. To be, to be in life, I think, you know. If, if you had an opportunity to change the world through everything you've learned and kind of make the world better, would you do that or are you happy the way it is at the moment? Well, I do that every day. I try my best, Aaron. If I'm sitting doing um, something for me, if it's good, I just project it to out. I just say to raise, to raise the vibrations of people, to help them, to bring them back to remembrance of what they are, to help shift this, to help people have um, a better life for themselves. But again, that's not my choice. I, but I choose, that's not my choice for other people, how they choose to live their life. But when I'm doing that and I feel that surge of energy or power within me, I cast this out, that I cast out joy and love and enlightenment and abundance and remembrance for the good of everyone, to shift the vibration, to raise the vibration, to appreciate what we have, the love of this land, the love of this earth that we have, to see the goodness, to help others, to not begrudge to others to be generous, to be kind, to see to ourselves as well. So when I can do that for me, I can do it for others. And if I can't do it for me, then I'll be jealous of others. I'll maybe begrudge others or why them or poor me. For it is in giving that we receive. And I would dearly love that someone sitting today casting that out and I'm in the reciprocant of that as well. You know, Evan, I've been thinking the last few days, you know, with lockdown happening in around the world, I'm thinking, you know, yes, there is a virus and it's affecting people and yes, it's having havoc on their lives, but I think we're, we're forced to look within and find who we are at the same time in this time of, of chaos, you know? You know, whenever this kicked in in March, um, Aaron, I had been out, I was out every day of the week dancing, so all that was shut down. All that was shut down really for me. Again, we get a choice at that stage. A fear, yep, because you're like, right, okay, everything stopped now, and then of course you're going to money. And then you have to get back into remembrance, right, everything. come on, tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth at this present time now, what is real, not forecasting. <laughs> what you don't know. Um, for me it has been a blessing for me it has given our earth a bit of a rest for me it has I have to say it's been one of the best times that I have had and I have travelled 
I have done a lot of things. I, I got my second book out and it was at the beginning of this whole lockdown too. We had a, a virtual book launch with 50 people on from all over the world. So we're, I wasn't going to let that stop. I see the gratitude and, and the gratitude for our technology, the gratitude for when we had that bit of freedom, what did we choose to do with it? Did we do anything different? Did we get out in nature? Did we go and play with the children? What did we do different when we had that sense of freedom? And now when your freedom is removed, what do we do? So again, all the choices aren't, and I think it's, I think for people that are employed and in employment, you know, too, because we're, it's, it's a safety thing. You know, you have, you know exactly what money you're receiving at the end of a week, you know, what hours you're working. It's a kind of all worked out for you. When people are working for themselves, they have to keep getting creative. They have to keep changing. And a lot of people, yes, self-employed, their business where they rely on the people from the outside, customers coming in, has taken a big hit for them. But I can only speak from what I have experienced, you know, myself. And I know my own daughter has set up her online business from a two. But it's changing the way. I always said, whenever this started at the beginning, my mantra was, by the time that this all finishes, I will be the most abundant that I have ever been in all of my years. And I, it was a big awakening, I do for, believe, for a lot of people. I give people time and space. It, it takes the excuse of, I don't have enough time out of their hands in the sense of, you have all the time in the world now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, what is abundance? Because this is, it's a word that's thrown a lot around in, you know, the money world and the spiritual world, but I don't think people really understand what abundance is, you know? But it's everything, isn't it? It's the all. It's the all. An abundance. Imagine when I have an abundance of love within me. I can share that effortlessly. And we can have an abundance of not so great things. We can have abundance of bad luck, people choose to call it. An abundance of whatever we choose to create, of health, wealth, whatever it is, but never depend on, oh, that, this is where we go to sc- an abundance of money. If I have an abundance of money, I have it all sorted. And that's the sad thing. If that was the case, why are a lot of wealthy, rich and famous people why have they not been happy? And certainly you can have an abundance of financial things as well and, and objects in your life and be extremely happy, be extremely at peace. So why not be at peace? Have that abundance first and foremost within without having an attachment that I require these to bring this peace to me. Be at peace, be with peace and create an abundance of it all. What is the abundance? That, that natural state, because if that is what we have came from, that divine, that one, that all. There was nothing we ever needed. There was no lack. There was nothing. Everything. But it was from a different space. It was in human form. And we just get to experience it here in life. And lack is a lot in our mindset. Because when people say, think, oh, I have very little money. Well, I guarantee you, to some people, you are abundant. It depends on your lifestyle. You see, that's the man that has maybe the million pounds he feels that he is little because he's comparing himself to some man that has 10 million pounds but that man with a million pounds the man that has a thousand pounds saying you are abundant and that man with a thousand pounds the man that has a hundred pounds is going geez you're abundant so again what is what's abundance to people and what's greed 
with everything you've experienced so far and everything you observe through being a coach and seeing life, do you think we live a life of being partially excited? <laughs> I love that title I said when I seen it, partially excited. Um, I laughed because it was like the half, what is it, half empty, half full? What your glasses? <laughs> I'll partially not do anything personally myself, not partially. Go big or go home. If you're doing something dumb, I, why would something partially come to us? Limitation, a limited partially. And perhaps, Arne, you could be right. Maybe people are partially excited. Maybe they don't want to get too ahead of themselves because they think, oh, remember the last time you didn't get really excited? Do you remember something happened? That soon wiped the smile of your face. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. People in our family don't do them things. You know, you're not going to have the money to it. What's the man down the road going to say about you? So don't fully absorb yourself in that imagination of that this is possible in case it doesn't work out. Partially excitement, perhaps. <laughs> That's quite, I actually did like that. Let me ask you, so... Is that why you came up with that title, Aaron? No, there's a funny story about that. Um, uh, so my dad worked for Dell Computers and he was living in Glasgow. And we, uh, when I was doing my junior search, I was, we went over for a week in Glasgow and I was doing sighted guy with my mom and the, the, we were going through customs and the lady went to say, are you partially sighted? But it came, are you partially excited? And that was the joke in, the, in our family. Is it, are you partially excited? And funny enough, it treated me doing this podcast three years ago I was looking for a name it took me six months to find a name and then I was chatting with my dad and he said remember that name partially excited and it was just wrong and like you mentioned there earlier when you find that that thing you're searching for it, it clicks and you feel like yes you know I was thinking it had something to do with that funny enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's very good very good because I, 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 it stood out whenever I've seen the name, I laughed when I seen it. If there was one piece of advice you could give people if you met them on the street, what would it be? <laughs> if I met somebody on the street and they asked me, give me one piece of advice, I wouldn't just to say, here you go, unless one piece of advice, I just want to say, do you know what? You have everything. Now, and it's just, you get the choice today on the change. You are everything. You are loved. You're always walking and guided. It's all there. That's a whole lot of advice, is it? <laughs> I don't know if that's advice. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I think everything is advice. You know, it's how people interpret it, you know. Yeah, somebody, if you said you have everything, depends on what day of the week. It could be an old wet Monday. Hey, you could get a different reply. <laughs> Somebody with a I'd hangover there, you know, <laughs> the week's wage is gone. <laughs> School trips coming up. <laughs> Christmas. Dear Jesus. You think I have everything? Evelyn, it's been a pleasure having you on and thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Aaron. That's lovely. Thank you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.